Hi and welcome back to another episode of Marriage to Soul with Nicole and very very pleased to have yet another episode of my relatable uh, series where I actually take a closer look at Vatican documents with some of my very very good friends. So I'm very very grateful to have Travis with us here today. Say hi, uh, hi Travis. Hi. Uh, hi everyone. <laughs> so Travis is uh, here today to uh, actually catch up with me also. So Travis and myself, we were uh, studying in London I think, a couple of years ago uh, and we actually uh, reconnected recently. So we were actually thinking about really talking about this particular Vatican document that really caught our attention known as Gaudium et Spes. So just to give a little bit of background about what this document is about. So Gaudium et Spes actually translates to joy and hope. Right. And it was written actually all the way in 1965 by Pope Paul. And when I actually first encountered this document, I found it very, very contemporary. And it really speaks to the issues that we are facing at this current moment. So, like, you know, Travis, I think by reading this document, how do you actually you know, feel about this, this, this document, Guardian Express, and how do you feel that it speaks to what we are experiencing today? Uh, yeah, Nicole, I quite uh, agree with you in terms of, you know, first reading it, I, I thought that it, it seemed like it was really speaking to our times, uh, particularly with some of the issues that were brought up uh, with regard to like uh, migration and about this issue of isolation, which, you know, in the current context, a lot of people are, are you know, worried about that. Uh, so I really felt that it, um, uh, it, it kind of really spoke to a lot of relevant issues. Uh, right now, uh, and particularly touching on the aspect of, uh, you know, from in terms of my personal background as well, I work in uh, economics. Uh, so, uh, so a lot of the topics that were brought up about uh, related to what do we mean by development? Uh, and, you know, what do we mean by this technological progress? Is it something uh, that has helped us or not? You know, uh, how do we sort of think about that? Uh, this document really helps to sort of reflect uh, on sort of what sort of role uh, it plays and what sort of responsibility, you know, how should our responsibility, uh, our response as Christians to uh, be uh, to these kind of developments that are going on around us. I find it very interesting that you actually brought up the, the role of Christians, right, in the world today, in the modern world, because I feel that we are actually plagued with a lot of different types of challenges, right, a lot of challenges and, and a lot of people are trying to come up with solutions uh, to the problems that we face, especially also from an economic perspective. But, you know, what do you actually see from this document also and, you know, from your own uh, viewing or whatever is happening in the world, what do you think are some of the, the challenges? Because I think this document does talk about men's activity in the world. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about these challenges that we face. Uh, yes, so I think one point uh, that uh, struck out to me was in terms of they were talking about uh, sort of we've uh, th there's been so much like a progress in terms of the technology uh, which has allowed us to you know even now to like communicate over the internet and do this podcast uh, you know us being in two different countries uh, you know in terms of the economic activity the way uh, you know globally how that has spread uh, but when some sort of crisis hits or when something happens uh, you know we, we, we tend to sort of seem to forget about that because and one thing that the document seems to highlight is this might be because uh, if I just read uh, a sentence from the document, it says that, uh, uh, nevertheless, brotherly dialogue among men does not reach its perfection on the level of technical progress, uh, but on the deeper level of interpersonal relationships. Uh, so what I feel is though, even though we are connected or you know, we are seeing all this you know, uh, 
physically they're seeing all this activity going on in terms of economic activity of global trade and things like that, that hasn't translated into this uh, sort of relationship uh, at a more personal level. And I feel because of that, when some sort of crisis happens, when something hits, you know, people, you know, start to, uh, you know, forget about it or they just turn inwards. Uh, I think the, the situation that was kind of observed was, you know, in the early days, uh, of the pandemic, you know, a lot of countries kind of turned inwards. They like closed their borders and they were like, uh, you know, making sure that they were self-sufficient. Uh, so, you know, all this sort of technological progress or, you know, all these sort of interrelationships that have been developed through trade was sort of like in an instant kind of forgotten or, you know, put aside. Uh, so I feel that it might be because, you know, we have not developed that uh, at a more personal relationship. Uh, and we see that uh, another aspect, I guess, is in terms of uh, the sort of the, um, you know, all these different movements uh, that are going on uh, globally. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, at, at the moment, you know, we are, we, are, we are in a position to, you know, uh, to see uh, uh, what's going on in different cultures. We can experience different things, uh, but it doesn't help. It doesn't seem to have built that, uh, so that love and sense of brotherhood uh, amongst people. Uh, so I found that very interesting that on the, so it's kind of like almost like a paradox. On the one hand, you have all these uh, technological developments that are bringing us together, but at the same time, it's also like uh, people are becoming more isolated. Uh, so I found that like very fascinating in the document. I find it very fascinating that you actually brought up this paradox, you know, about the fact that technological progress has supposedly improved the quality of a lot of people's lives, right? Especially also with yeah. a lot of globalization and trade. But then uh, now that we actually have, uh, you know, we are living through this pandemic era, unfortunately, a lot of like countries have closed their borders. And that is also like symbolic, I feel, so of the fact that even though we have technology, a lot of us, as you were saying, we're very isolated. We don't really have a very strong interpersonal relationship or bond with, with other people. And unfortunately, when we do not have the basis or the foundation of these interpersonal relationships, everything becomes reduced to, I think, very it becomes very transactional, right? And we, we don't even see people as, the, as who they are, which are people. Yeah, and exactly. uh, unfortunately, that also leads to a lot of problems in terms of how we treat other people or people who are different from us. Mm -hmm. I, I think there's a lot of... Um, people feel very defensive. They feel like they need to defend their, you know, their little um, area or wherever they are, right? A against other people, outsiders. There's a lot of xenophobia, I think, uh, increasingly, where we don't really see other people, right, who are different from us in terms of their circumstances, their social economic background. And that really, I think, calls to mind for me, like how we treat, for example, uh, the people who are less fortunate, the, the migrants, right, the refugees uh, in different countries. Like we, we tend to turn these people away when actually in Matthew uh, 25, 40, it says, as long as you did it for one of the least of my brethren, you did it for me. And I feel like we are straying very far away from what Jesus actually asked us to yeah. do, right? which is to treat everyone with, with love and respect. And I also feel that one, one important issue also that's highlighted in the document, and you know, please feel free to let me know what you feel about this, is the concept of human dignity. Right? Do you feel that that is under chat also as well? Uh, yes. So particularly, uh, I think you bring, bring up the point about uh, uh, migration. And, uh, you know, I, I think this uh, pandemic has also highlighted uh, a lot of difficulties that a lot of them have been having. Uh, so particularly here in Sri Lanka, we have a lot of like 
uh, close to like about uh, a third, uh, you know, almost like a, a third of our like labor force like works abroad in like places in the Middle East or in like South Korea or like different parts of the world. And this migration and, you know, the, the current crisis has really sort of highlighted that sort of inequality uh, that is there where, you know, they are treated very uh, with suspicion and they've been like finding it very difficult uh, to, you know, to access healthcare and, you know, to get access to any sort of relief measures uh, and, and they're feeling very isolated. Uh, so I feel, yeah, so on the one hand, even though technology has allowed us to uh, allow people to like, you know, move more freely, you know, uh, travel is like more, uh, you know, it's more affordable, people can uh, you know, people can go to other countries to seek opportunities, but at the same time, it's, you know, uh, I think as it was brought up earlier, it was, it seems to be very transactional, you know, so it's not, it's, it's, uh, you know, people are seeing this purely from that point of view. So you're not really trying to build that sort of uh, relationship to understand, even though we have all the tools with us uh, to understand different viewpoints, we have uh, to understand their cultures, the, the values that they're coming from, uh, there doesn't seem to be any attempt made. Uh, to understand it. And that's how, you know, suddenly you have these things suddenly flare up uh, in these different movements uh, that we are seeing uh, across the world, you know, these things like the Me Too movement uh, or the, the Black Lives Matter. Uh, so, I mean, that pretty much comes about because of this, you know, not having made that effort to, uh, you know, to develop these uh, interpersonal relationships with others. Yeah, I think that, you know, we brought a very, very, very salient point about the fact that because of the, the absence of these strong interpersonal relationships, a lot of some of these social structures and social stability also breaks down right? because people are only as united, right? As uh, the fact that we are actually inherently connected, connected and related to one another. But then when we start to see each other as very different people or we have an us versus them approach, right? We are no longer collaborating. We're no longer actually kind of like, you know, obtaining some sort of synergy because I think mm -hmm. to solve a lot of the problems that we have today, it re really requires a sense of collaboration and cooperation. But unfortunately, we are living into a very like a very divisive kind of society, right? Everybody yeah. is taking a stand and everybody is, uh, they feel very defensive, I think, about, you know, what, what, they, what they believe is true, right? So they're trying to actually uh, champion certain beliefs at the expense of other people. You know, as you were also saying, even though we are very connected, uh, unfortunately, the, the connection it may not be the, the real genuine connection, I think, that, uh, you know, Jesus talks about, right? Which is actually to, to know your fellow brother and sister and to really go the extra mile to take care of their needs, and that also kind of features, I think, to some extent also in the fact that we are really misusing and abusing our environment and the resources that we have. Because we feel like, oh, you know, we have the resources, so, you know, we don't have to use them in a very, uh, in a very, in a very uh, mindful way. Because I know that there's always going to be all these resources. But if we begin to see that actually the environment and us are actually intrinsically linked in, a, in another kind of relationship also, right, in, in a sense, then we will realize that we actually have some sort of responsibility uh, for it as well. So like, I feel like a lot of the issues that we face today also does go back to this idea of the fact that we don't recognize or we have failed to recognize sometimes the dignity of the people in our midst of the human person. I think there's so much talk about that. But do you feel that also in view of all of these 
uh, issues and various changes in society, do you see like the church also playing any role? Like, you know, where is the church in all of this? It seems to be like very doom and gloom, but the whole document is called Joy and Hope, which is yeah. kind of interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think really the the point that is trying to be uh, that is brought out by uh, the document as well uh, is that you know we as Christians you know uh, we uh, I think they make this point that Christians are citizens of two cities, uh, so we uh, you know we have uh, a spiritual aspect to it, but we also have you know us living in the world also have a responsibility, and really what they highlight is that you know the the approach that uh, uh, the document uh, is highlighting is that you know what is advocated. Uh, is to try to understand, you know, to develop this sort of brotherly uh, uh, understanding and to develop these interpersonal relationships. So there's, uh, I think, the, if I read from it, it says they should always try to enlighten one another through honest discussion, uh, preserving mutual charity and caring above all uh, for the common good. Uh, which you know, looking around, you know, looking at all the the different sort of movements that are happening, and you know, recent like global events, the people seem to be like very suspicious of each other, not really, uh, you know, just feel that you're feel, feeling very threatened. Uh, so I feel like that that is a very uh, uh, appropriate message that the church is putting out to, uh, to understand, uh, you know, basically uh, moving towards this honest discussion, uh, which is really seems to be lacking uh, in a lot of areas and really trying to question uh, some of the things that we have taken as given. Uh, so for example, so, you know, even in the case of something like uh, the Me Too movement or the Black Lives Matter, you know, for a lot of times, this was kind of seen, uh, particularly with the Me Too movement, this was sort of like this kind of patterns of behavior was taken as acceptable. Uh, but now, uh, you know, it has been uh, deemed that, you know, this is not appropriate. Uh, so similarly, uh, it's important, I think something that the document brings out uh, is that we have to question uh, some of these, uh, you know, assumptions, uh, whether is it actually for the common good? Uh, so you brought up the point about the environment. Uh, so uh, something that the document questions uh, with regard to economics is whether our current model of uh, prosperity and development, uh, which is about, you know, focuses a lot on like consumerism, you know, is that the sort of the right model and, you know, the, the sort of the environmental degradation that happens because of this. So I think something the document really sort of invites us to do is to sort of question uh, and to sort of question them, but at the same time to challenge them in an open manner, you know, not to uh, sort of like um, uh, you, you, you need to be, you need to be open to this dialogue uh, of different viewpoints and through that try to come to some uh, sort of common consensus. Uh, so I feel that's like a strong message that the, uh, the church is trying to uh, put out through this document, uh, which I feel that we, uh, which we sorely need in these times. I think that's a very, very good good way of really putting it about the fact that we need to have honest discussion about a lot of the, the issues that we're facing and from what from what I can gather right I think you are proposing that the church actually is a bit of a counter-cultural force mm -hmm. right a force that goes against uh, the prevailing culture because I think a lot of people nowadays uh, they tend to subscribe to a very particular set of ideals or they situate themselves right like a continuum, like, okay, I'm here and you're there, and then, you know, we are opposed. But interestingly, I think that the church, in a lot of ways, goes against what society sometimes deems as, hey, it's okay. You know, like, it, it, we kind of normalize a lot of behavior, as you're saying, right? Every, it's okay. But actually, at a fundamental level, it is not, right? Because we're not respecting the human dignity, right, of, of people, right, in many different ways. It could be the way that we treat migrants the way that we treat our fellow brothers and sisters 
right? Who need our help. It could be even be the way that we think about issues like abortion, right? Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, um, there are a lot of people that you know believe that maybe human life is not valuable, right? Or doesn't have intrinsic value. But the church always has had an increasingly vocal role. I feel. I mean, I'm I'm sure that you know over the over time there have been a lot of people that have been behind this. But, you know, increasingly, I think a lot of us Christians are becoming more courageous and more brave to say that, yeah, actually, I don't agree with uh, certain things right, that are happening in society. And this is the reasons why. And I think that comes back to the honest discussion, right? Because yeah. if we're not having an honest discussion, everyone is just going to take their side and not going to be able to justify it. Or they just say, oh, I, I, I just take, I just occupy this space, the continuum, but I'm not going to explain why I feel that's the case. And also, I think, as you were saying, right, the fact that there's open discussion, right, not only honest, but open. So, like, we are willing to hear other people's perspective, like, why do they think this way, right, or why do they have a slightly different take on the same issue, right? Instead of, like, you know, kind of, like, shutting off the conversation, we actually engage people in dialogue, right, because we want to understand where people are coming from, instead of saying that, oh, my, it's either my way or the highway. I don't think that's... Uh, it's a great way of establishing close interpersonal relationships yeah. with people at all, right? Especially across cultures and across language. And, and there's so many different things that actually supposedly differentiate us or divide us. And for me, I think that really concretizes the role of the church in the modern world, which is to anchor certain um, concepts such as the dignity of human nature, even though opinion may prove otherwise. And interestingly, what you were saying, going back to the point uh, at the start about how it actually knits together a lot of different diverse societies. Like, for example, your, yourself, you know, in Sri Lanka and here, over here in Singapore, right, we actually realized that there's a very close bond uh, between all of these diverse human communities and nations mm-hmm. because we're brought together by a common trait which is our belief in the Catholic faith, right? Like, wherever you go, you can still um, feel a sense of, I feel, um, familiarity of a, a sense of connection, especially as you were saying, the fact that we are actually living in a very disconnected society. Yeah. So like, you know, how do you also feel, do you feel that there's any other roles also the church may be able to play in uh, this current time? Uh, so I feel like you put it well that uh, I think that is sort of like the main role and to sort of show that um, uh, I feel that uh, a lot of, uh, I think the, there's a lot of like misperceptions about the church as well in terms of feeling that they are, you know, uh, while uh, that, that, you know, that maybe they're very rigid or that, you know, they are, they are, it's, it's very distant uh, from the, the real issues. Uh, that are happening in the ground but really this document sort of really highlights that uh, you know a lot of the points that are brought up you know regarding to migration or to the environment uh, or about human dignity these are all very valid uh, and very pertinent issues that we need to be uh, concerned about so uh, I feel um, uh, so I feel I mean I think like in terms of what the church is putting out and in terms of these documents as well uh, I, I feel like the the message that they're putting out is that they are also open uh, to these discussions and um, uh, particularly uh, for things that will uh, advance the common good. I think that it is a very, very uh, great point, I think, that you brought up about advancing the common good. And I think that, you know, through our discussion today, I think of this particular document, Guardian Express, I think we've actually learned quite a lot 
even it's a very long document definitely but I think that we have really managed to hone in on some very very salient points especially for you know the, the everyday Catholic right or person who is just interested in these documents and you know the fact that even though a lot of what we are saying it seems to be we're talking about a lot of the problems right and there's a lot of problems in, in the world today but I think it goes back to the actual title of the document, which is Joy and Hope, which is that even though we are facing very complex issues and the issues that are faced in 1965 somehow still apply in 2021, which is really yeah. interesting. <laughs> the only reason I can actually explain this is like, this is all like, you know, divine providence. It is just a recurrence of the same thing. Like, for example, in the Bible, like, you know, the issues that they face is the same issues that we face. Yeah. And we find it like really, really, uh, it's a bit, you know, it's a little bit like uncanny, but unfortunately, it is the case that the issues don't change. It's just that the way that we kind of approach it maybe maybe kind of develops over time. And I think that, you know, we have really, really like taken a closer look at, you know, what role does the church also play uh, in the context of all these modern issues? So very thankful for this discussion that we had today, Travis. So thank you very much. Okay. And thanks very much, Nicole, for inviting me for this. It's been great.